Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, and we continue our number two of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gilb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Chip Patterson, Cover 3 Podcast, going to join us coming up 20 minutes from now. We will chat a little early National Signing Day as uh, that is today, and also Matt Rule, the head coach of Nebraska Cornhuskers, is going to stop by an hour 20 from now. Dylan Riola, the number one recruit in the nation, is going to Nebraska, so we'll chat with the coach of Go Big Red an hour 20 from now. All righty, three college football topics for you. We'll spend about five minutes on each. Let me uh, start with Chip Kelly's plan. So I heard him say the other day that college football would probably be at its best with all the changing conferences and things that have happened with basically the the Pac-12 going away and you have a bunch of schools bolting to the Big 12 and the SEC um, and the ACC and um, also the Big 10, where now it's almost as if we should just have a 64-team, what was the of the Power 5, all those schools just go and join a 64-team super conference. Now, when I originally hear that, I go, eh, I don't love it, but I think with everything that happened, we're basically going to that road. Where right now, after this year, you'll have four Power Four conferences. You have the SEC, you have the Big Ten, those are the two uh, big behemoths, and then you have whatever is left of the ACC, and then also the Big 12, and you know even though a bunch of schools just joined the Big 12, so I'm giving them credit for keeping their conference alive. If ever the SEC or the Big 10 comes calling for those schools, they'll be interested. And soon you'll see some schools leave the ACC, but it's going to be a while. Because they're like, we'll talk about Florida State in just a second. Like it would cost Florida State almost $300 million to leave the ACC now. So they got to wait for that contract to continue to move down the road so they could get their own rights out of the conference and then also their TV rights as well. But the way I think college football is probably moving towards, especially with expanding the playoff to 12, which I am vehemently against, but I've already lost that argument because they're expanding it whether I like it or not to 12 teams next year, is it's probably in, I don't know how many years this is going to be, but it's probably moving to three different sectors where it's going to be the Big Ten, the SEC, and then... After you see enough schools leave the Big 12 and the ACC, whatever remains is going to form into another conference. And the Power Five in a decade is going to go from five to four to eventually three. So that's where we're moving towards. And people think it's inevitable that 
the 12-team uh, playoff, which expanded from four, is going to expand even more down the road. Yeah, I could understand grouping everybody together, and you would have different sectors and divisions inside the 64-team Super Conference, but just making college football its own entity. Because even though I don't think we think this way, because I care about college football, and I care if my games are on Saturday and all that, but for the rest of the athletic departments, like when Oregon, for example, moves to the Big Ten, all their other teams are also moving to the Big Ten. So you'll have like Oregon, I don't know, like field hockey or Oregon swimming, like whatever the sport is, having to travel across the country to go have a meet or go have a competition up against Rutgers. And we know why Oregon is going to the Big Ten. It's because football drives the train and the money for the athletic department through football is by moving to the Big Ten. So since you're kind of in that weird geography kind of standpoint, and I get it, I'm already past the point of having feelings about the geography and all that because I saw the Big East, and I know the Big East has life again, but there was nothing like growing up as a kid, skipping school and going to the Big East tournament, and because of football and then because of where they're going from where the money is, it just made the geography of the teams that left made like absolutely zero sense. So like now try to wind it back in and yes, everyone's going to want their piece of the pie, but have it go to 64. And I don't think that's a terrible idea by Chip Kelly. And if you could have one operating voice actually leading the conference instead of, the NCAA wanting to do something petty, and then you have the Power Five uh, conference commissioners and everything. There's really no leadership in college football. And you could have divisions inside the 64 where you could keep the geography and you could keep some of the rivalries, and they could go play some of the other bigger schools. Because when you go to a 12-team playoff, you do a disservice to the regular season because the way that we know college football it allows a landing spot to some of these other schools where if they would lose one game, their season would be over. So you could now lose a big game and your season's not over. So go play tougher opponents, right? And I saw some of the SEC schedules that just recently came out. I think there's some great games on that schedule. And eventually, if there's a soft landing spot with 12 teams, there's going to be an even softer landing spot when you expand the playoff inevitably even more. So, like, I have no problem, like, put it this way. If you would have told me three years ago, let's do this, I would say, what are you, stupid? I would say, like, how dumb are you? But now, since there's been so many changes, just have football operate on its own and just make it one big super conference because it feels like we're going that way anyway. Like, Ryan Hickey, who works here, I, even though his takes are terrible when it comes to college football and he gets a lot of predictions wrong, he is one of the more, if not the most knowledgeable people when it comes to college football at this network. The guy watches a ton of college football. And even he said, like months ago, let's just go to one super conference. And I said, I can't crush you for that because your idea makes sense. I don't like how we got there, but your actual idea does make sense because If this is eventually truncating to three power conferences where it's just the haves and the have-nots of the SEC 
and the Big Ten and the SEC and the Big Ten, they're going to be selective on who they want to add. I would say just formulate together and create it on its own, you know, different than every other sport. And those sports could stay in their conferences and there could still be money for those conferences and things like that. And since football is the focus for both these athletic departments, just let them operate on their own. That's what I would do. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but Chip Kelly, even though he doesn't have as much clout as he used to, like when he was at Oregon, he's still a big-time name in college football. He is still a respected name in college football with what he was able to do. I know he's the coach of UCLA now, but what he was able to do with the Ducks. And I think now what you're seeing is because a lot of these coaches know that the NCAA is very petty and the NCAA is so selective on what they're going to punish. You've seen a lot more coaches be more honest when talking to the media. Like, I don't think Chip Kelly's making this suggestion 10 years ago. I don't. Even when he had things humming at Oregon. Um, You know, Matt Rule the other day was going to join us later or two weeks ago. He's like, yeah, just so everyone knows, I'm not criticizing it, but it costs one to $2 million now to go get a quarterback in the transfer portal. And there's just no rules here. Like we all bitch about Michigan and the sign stealing. How many of these coaches before the players even go into the transfer portal are already making offers or having their collectives make offers to these players? I was Cam Ward. I don't know if it's true because Cam Ward hasn't made a decision yet, but Cam Ward there was a Brock Heward who said he has like seven or eight $1 million offers already. And before he even went to the transfer portal for, for crying out loud. So it's really like the wild, wild west right now with college football. And there's no leadership. And there's no direction. And I think you need to reel it in. And you could do that by just saying, we got all the haves and the have-nots. All the, the big-time programs, they're going to the 64-team uh, conference. And everyone else will drop down a division or whatever. And you'll formulate, you could operate on your own, and you can still have a level of football too and see where the money is. So I, I, I do not oppose Chip Kelly's plan now in the year of 2023. All righty, two more things. Florida State is now thinking of leaving the ACC. Uh, Andrea Adelson had this report. Not a huge surprise here considering, well, everything. <laughs> That's a funny way of putting it. But I've been told by multiple people that Florida State is once again evaluating its long-term future. Florida State could want out of the ACC. Florida State could felt like they got screwed. They did get screwed. Because they're feeling, we just went undefeated in the ACC, and we're getting told we're not attractive enough as an undefeated ACC champ to go to the college football playoff. So I get why they're annoyed. And they don't get enough money as they should because they are one of the leaders, if not the leader, in the ACC. And even if they wanted to leave, and I would think either the SEC or the Big Ten would want a brand like Florida State, this is not like one of those brands that's begging to leave and it's like, why would anyone want you? This is Florida State for crying out loud. That's still a top 25 powerful brand in college football. Now, this is not some some small school that's just had like two or three years of success. And Mike Norvell's done a good job in restoring Florida State. And yeah, they probably should have gone to the college football playoff this year based off their credentials. But, you know, the four teams the committee did select, I can't really crush the committee for what they did. But just because Florida State's now reevaluating their future, it's really an empty threat. You're not allowed to leave right now. It's, it's going to cost you too much money. 
Now, you find the $300, $400 million to leave. God bless you want to pay that and leave. But, uh, like, I remember reading this over the summer when we had these conversations, when the Pac-12 was folded right in front of our eyes, and Florida State was like, oh, maybe we should go to the SEC. Maybe we should go to the Big Ten. They still got, what, nine or ten years, I think, left on that contract, something like that. So you'd have to pay an exit fee of $150 million from my understanding. And just because you pay your exit fee doesn't mean you have entirety, uh, a freedom entirely. You then have to go get your TV fee and your TV rights as well. You know, it was somewhere north of $300 million to leave the ACC. So it's an empty threat. That's what it is. It's an empty thought. Your heart may be in the right place. It may make sense for you to leave. But financially, are you going to be able to find the $300 million? I don't think so. And finally, Lane Kiffin is crushing the transfer portal. Unprecedented what he's been able to do in the transfer portal. And also just uh, reportedly got a new extension at Ole Miss. You know, I wonder what the expectations are moving forward for Lane Kiffin. Because he's had back-to-back really solid seasons. I don't know what transpired whether Auburn didn't want him or he didn't want Auburn. I think it was more so Auburn didn't want him, which kind of surprised about because I would rather want Lane Kiffin coaching my team than Hugh Freeze. But regardless, there was that thought that maybe he was going to leave last year and it was looking and trending like he was going to Auburn and then he did not. So at Ole Miss, I'll just ask the simple question. What are your expectations moving forward for Lane Kiffin? And it's kind of that spot in college football where they are a really good program. I wouldn't call them a great program. And I can't sit here and say, oh, Lane Kiffin, I expect a national championship, especially moving to 12 and you're going to have to win more rounds. I think for Lane, what would be really successful, and I don't know how how long he's going to be there, but I would say just get to an SEC championship game. Like, if you're in an SEC championship game, you'll have a damn good chance to win it. But just getting to an SEC championship game, I think would be really impressive for Lane Kiffin. And then if you're there, who knows how far you're going to take it. But I can't sit in this chair and say now, because Lane Kiffin's had back-to-back successful years, he's crushing the transfer portal, and Lane Kiffin... Uh, just has this new extension that all of a sudden I expect Lane Kiffin to be winning a national championship at Ole Miss. And it's it's weird because that should be the expectation. That should be the hope. That should be the goal. But I don't know how realistic it is when you still have Alabama humming, you still have Georgia humming, and then you've done a really good job, but is just doing a really good job, basically your apex there considering where you are. So you get into an SEC ch- uh, title game and – and then I'll uh, roll the dice and see how far you could take it from there. All righty, Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. We'll chat a little bit about National Signing Day on the early period with Chip Patterson when we return from the Cover 3 podcast. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, and we continue. This is Zach Gelb's show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll chat it up right now with CBS and Cover 3 podcast host Chip Patterson. Kind enough to join us right now as we react to all the chaos that is ongoing in college football with the early National Signing Day period. And also, yeah, by the way, we got two semifinal games right around the corner, and they're both expected to be great this year. Chip Patterson, appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing well, Zach. I hope you are. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, we were just talking about Lane Kiffin before you got on. Um, you know, has that new extension, also has a monster, monster class coming in. It makes me wonder, what are the expectations moving forward for Lane at Ole Miss, which it's going to be a tough place to win a national championship when you got Georgia and Alabama in your conference. Yes, tough to win a national championship. Yes, tough to win an SEC championship. But Zach, 12-team playoff, if Ole Miss is the third or fourth best team in the SEC, now you're starting to rack up college football playoff appearances. Who knows? Maybe you're able to host a home game with these new on-campus first rounds. I mean, think about the Grove with playoff implications. You know, you think about maybe you get a good draw. Remember bracket luck. We know that from college basketball. You never know what happens elsewhere. Somebody takes out the king. Now, all of a sudden, the path doesn't look so rocky. So the Ole Miss's investment, which is happening on a couple levels. Number one, the investment in keeping Lane Kiffin and making him happy. Number two, the investment in the resources that he can take to the recruiting game because it's not just uh, coming out of high school. I mean, he is getting some dogs from the transfer portal, bolstering that defense. And Zach, I think what he's looking at is here in the first year, the 12-team playoff era, he's got a group at Ole Miss that is going to be in the new year six for the second time since he showed up in Oxford. He is getting players off other SEC rosters that were some of the best pass rushers, like the best pass rusher at Florida, one of the best pass rusher at Tennessee. He's bringing them to Ole Miss because I think he senses this is the time to get it. In the new 18-team conference era, there will be years that are the green light years, and there are going to be the years where it's going to take a miracle for you to be able to match your talent to the record Ole Miss has a favorable draw in 2024. I think with the expanded playoff, Lane Kiffin sees an opportunity to say, yeah, I'm not Alabama, I'm not Georgia, but if I'm the third best team, that still gets me a ticket to the dance. How about what Chip Kelly 
said the other day, and maybe just go into a 64-team, one-power conference that everyone else is basically left out of the dance and operating on their own. Yeah, that's either, a, first of all, I love to hear that he's uh, not only embracing that, but that Chip Kelly and many coaches who've been a part of this for a long time are also starting to um, embrace the ideas of revenue sharing because there's no doubt that the economics of college football are set up so that people like Chip Kelly and head coaches and administrators and athletic directors can make more on their salary because there is not money that's going to the players. And to hear Chip Kelly not only propose uh, basically a mini NFL model, but to also you know say that we need to cut the players in on the revenue, it's clear that the winds are shifting, uh, even with coaches that have been around for a long time. But in terms of the structure that he mentioned, either that's way down the line or the train has left the station and we're never going to get it. Because ultimately, um, you're trying to get everybody under the same roof and just look at the history of conference realignment. These conferences don't trust each other. These networks don't trust each other. I mean, there's just there's so much of a land grab and an asset grab that's happening at all times. I just don't see there being that kind of consolidation because ultimately it would mean that someone, most notably the conferences, would be having to give up a lot of power for that. Yeah, and we've already seen it basically move down from five to now four, and eventually I think it's moving down to three, where it's the Big Ten, it's the SEC, and then it's whoever else remains as that third conference. But, you know, I understand what he's saying from logic. It would be nice to get everyone all in one conference and just say, okay, football's going to operate on its own, but you're probably right. I don't understand how realistic it is because there's going to be some schools that maybe don't belong that end up getting in that conference, and then it could create just a big mess. Yeah, there's uh, also just the general idea that if we move to a place where um, the players are compensated, I think there are schools in power conferences right now that be like, yeah, you know what, we're out. We're we're gonna we're gonna go and we're gonna play elsewhere. This is this is not the game that we want to play, and there will be some self sorting. There will be programs from group of five conferences that then will have an opportunity to level up because they'll say, mm-hmm. oh, is the barrier for entry money and investment? Yeah, we could do that. You know, that's what we see. You know, SMU's joining the ACC and they just said, no, we, we, we won't take any money. That's we just want to be in. We just want to play big time <laughs> football, baby. And that's that's what you're going to be looking for in terms of, you know, teams number 59 through 64 of the new FBS plus or however it ends up looking. So hit, where Chip Kelly's coming from might not be all that far off. Like we might reorganize the conferences and, and we see something like that happening. But right now, it doesn't seem like it's in our near future. Chip Patterson here with us. Uh, how about Florida State? I guess they're reevaluating things. It seems like an empty threat to me because there's a $150 million buyout fee and then they have to go get their TV rights as well. I, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon, right? There was some creative accounting that was done when Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 to go to the SEC. And... I'm not reporting on this like here with you, but just to say hypothetically, if the contract says um, I have to give you all of the media rights of my new deal, what if I join a conference and in joining the conference, I sign something that says and we'll get zero media rights dollars because then technically I would only have to give you zero media rights dollars because I'm not getting zero zero media rights dollars. But how about that? The Big Ten or the SEC, choose your favorite Florida State fans. What if they also put in a little signing bonus? It's not media rights dollars. 
It's just a signing bonus, a gift. This is a this is a basket to say welcome to the league, and it just happens to be three hundred million dollars. You know, like I I think there are creative accounting methods so that. Yeah, the money is not the issue as much as it is making sure you have a place. If Florida State had an invitation to the Big Ten or the SEC or waiting on them, and it was a a firm invitation, not back channels or anything like that, then I think that they may already be gone. I think that announcing that you are reevaluating your position is also sending some smoke signals to say, hey, you know, we, we might be willing to take a favorable deal like Oregon and Washington, which are not taking a full share of Big Ten money right off the bat. You know, USC and UCLA, they went through a different process. Oregon and Washington were in a conference that was cratering. And so they got a different deal. I mentioned SMU, different deal with the ACC, Stanford Cal, different deal with the ACC. You know, if if you've got your money together and you can handle taking a little bit of a pay cut, then, yeah, the, the grant of rights, you know, it can, it can be figured out potentially. Talking to Chip Patterson right now. Uh, Dylan Gabriel landing at Oregon. I absolutely love it. Like, I remember, obviously, it's not ancient history, but when Bo Nix went there, he wasn't as accomplished in terms of what he did on the field. When he got to Oregon, he ended up having two great years. I I love what Gabriel's been able to do at uh, multiple stops, UCF and Oklahoma. It seems like a perfect match for Oregon as their next stopgap quarterback. Oh, and let's also look at the fact they picked up Dante Moore, the freshman from UCLA, who was committed to Oregon until UCLA flipped him at the very last minute during his own recruitment. So what Dan Lanning has been able to do uh, is be able to get the bridge and then the future because you bring in Dylan Gabriel and think about the, the things that work really well in that Oregon offense, the way that it was run, you know, a little bit by Kenny Dillingham last year, but definitely by Will Stein this year is it's all about making the right decision. I mean, it just seemed like the Ducks were a buzzsaw, just eight yards a snap every single time, just so efficient, just finding the open space, get it to them and go. And I think Dylan Gabriel is experienced and very good at being able to deliver the ball in space. I think Dante Moore's got a little bit of a higher ceiling, but clearly when he was thrown into the fire uh, with the Bruins this year, it did not go well. So this is the best possible spot for him and a great thing for Oregon in that you're going to be able to, again, have a, a veteran presence there, but then also know that you've got an alpha waiting in the wings so you don't have to dip back into the portal uh, after Gabriel leaves. Now, the whole confusing thing is because you never know how much money these guys are getting, and I don't know what Dante Moore got. Is he going there because of the money, or is he, like, on board with that plan where he may have to sit out for for a year and, and not play that much for a year when Dylan Gabriel does his thing? That's what I'm fascinated by. Yeah, I, I think that it is locking on with a program that has everything going in the right direction. I think when Oregon lands in the Big Ten – the conversation is not whether they slot fourth or fifth. The question is whether they slot third or fourth. I think it's Ohio State, it's Michigan, and then we're going to look up and we're going to be like, wow, maybe in in not, not I'm going, not going like team by mm-hmm. team, not predicted order of finish, but just that big picture pecking order, right? Ohio State, Michigan, they're always going to be at the top of the Big Ten. Always, always, always. Unless, heaven help us, we have another Rich Rod situation. Or Brady, <laughs> we're not going to mention any of that right yeah. now, Big Blue. All right. But I do think that where Oregon is at right now, I mean, they are ready to run with the big dogs. And they are looking at this opportunity playing in the big in the Big Ten to say, you know, you can't dismiss us because we're on the West Coast and we play late. You can't dismiss us by saying the Pac 12's not good. If we land in the Big Ten and we're contending for Big Ten championships, we are one of the premier football programs in the country. And I I I really like <clears throat> 
there's a word. A lot of college football coaches use it. It seems like a buzzword, but I promise it's true. It's alignment. Yeah. You've got all the right people all moving in the same direction. I think Oregon's got that right now. So for Dante Moore, I mean, UCLA can kind of be a mess. Chip Kelly might be on a hot seat, you know, and you look around and you say, oh, we could go there where it seems like the machine is just getting started. What's going on with Ohio State at quarterback? I know this. I'll preface it by saying Chip Patterson. I said all year that Kyle McCord was going to be the reason why they don't beat Michigan. Now McCord is off to Syracuse. There was a chance he was going to go to Nebraska, but then the Dylan Riola situation happened. Um, I know Cam Ward's still out there, DJ Ungalay, but it doesn't seem like they're in on them. What's going on with the Buckeyes at the QB spot? It's funny because inside people who are close to that program seem to have a lot more faith in like a Devin Brown in a, in a Lincoln Kineholtz. Like the players that are there clearly either by reputation or spring game performance. I, I mean, there clearly is a, a lot of um, more confidence than I have, to be honest, you know, I, Devin Brown, very small sample size. I know he's a, a terrific athlete. Um, I, I didn't really get a good chance to, to look at Lincoln myself, but, they seem to think that if we don't end up landing the big fish and like you, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the dominoes, right? I'm counting the ones available playing musical chairs and saying, okay, so who does Ohio state get? I, I think that it'll be a very interesting year for Ryan day, because just like they had going into this year with Kyle McCord and they, they're losing Marvin Harrison jr. They're losing Julian Fleming. I think they're going to lose a Mecca Buka as well. We'll see. Um, but, I, whether it's Carnell Tate, it's Brandon Ennis. They just got the number one wide receiver in the country and Jeremiah Smith, the guy who physically could have played college football this year instead of just dominating in South Florida all throughout the high school season. So they're still going to have a wide receiver room that's going to be one of the best in the country. Can the quarterback, whoever it is, be more effective in the pass game? That's a that's a huge part of the Buckeyes outlook for 24. I would love to see DJ Ungalale land at Florida State. It'd be so fun to see Florida State, Clemson with all that history. Uh, but what what do you think uh, is going to happen here with uh, DJ and then also Cam Ward since we talked about them both? Well, I mean, it's a Sunshine State battle. I mean, that's like you're looking at Cam Ward, uh, probably a little bit of interest from both uh, Florida State and Miami and DJ Uyunglele, a lot of connections to Florida State. Miami, maybe not as hot on DJU. I know that Miami also has um, some some interest in some other players as well. So we've, I think, like you, DJU at Florida State would be fantastic. Um, I think that Cam Ward at Miami is going to be potentially very, very interesting as well. Cam Ward started at Incarnate Word. Yeah. I always got to like Word, Ward. Um, and you just always knew he was prolific. Then he gets to Washington State. He has, has a lot of good uh, good performances as well. He, sh- he would show up at Miami, and he would join a squad where Mario Cristobal – I mean, they have had some shortcomings on the field. They have had some head-scratching moments, certainly, and but they are recruiting really, really well. So it could be a chance for him to be the veteran, right? You know, sort of like the wise transfer veteran player, kind of like Derek King was uh, a few years ago around a budding roster. So 
I, if I was to say, let's make it really clean and let's make the story great, let's have Cam at Miami, let's have DJU at FSU, we get DJU against Clemson, and we get those two quarterbacks facing off against each other as well. But uh, I think there's still some big decisions to be made on both fronts. All righty, Chip Patterson, before we let you run, I just want to toss out three teams. I'll get like 30 seconds on, on your thoughts on where the program is moving. Uh, let me start with Jonathan uh, Smith coming over from Oregon State, now landing with the uh, Michigan Spartans, Michigan State oh, Spartans. Man. Yeah, just so incredibly encouraged there. Uh, you get Aiden Childs, the promising quarterback who is with him at Oregon State, to be able to jump on board as well. Uh, I like his staff hires. His defensive coordinator hire was terrific. So th this is a good sign because Michigan State was one of those teams in jeopardy of getting jumped when all the new schools come in. This allows you to be able to say, you know, we can still hang with the top tier. I'm a big fan of Fran Brown. I was waiting for him to get an opportunity. I know him as a Temple grad and Elijah Robinson is going to be a head coach one day as well. There's some excitement about Syracuse football now. I never thought I'd be saying that. Yeah, the list of uh, SEC players who are visiting Syracuse, New York in mid-December might be worth ACC Coach of the Year as, right there as it is. I mean, he has just been putting in work to reestablish those relationships. College football is always going to be a relationship business, and Fran Brown did such a good job of that at Georgia. But what's more impressive is the fact that he's getting some of these SEC big boys to entertain the idea. And in some cases, not just McCord, but like Fadil Diggs from Texas A&M, commit to come play in for the Orange. So uh, that's a good sign for Syracuse. And then uh, finally, Dylan Raiola landing at Nebraska. Nebraska had a really good defense last year, nothing on offense. Uh, where is their spot uh, moving towards in uh, college football right now? Man, Zach, it's crazy. You know, I, I saw the, the same way offensively, but, you know, Dylan's uncle's the offensive line yeah. coach, <laughs> and the performance the performance warranted a big old raise. Wow, that's, that's <laughs> That's so weird. Uh, I, I didn't think that Nebraska's offense said, let's give the offensive line coach a big raise. But you know what? There's there's a lot that goes into college football coaching. And when you can make it happen, then, yeah, you can get rewarded. Um, Matt Rule has done uh, one thing for Nebraska football that I think Nebraska fans really appreciate is he's an adult. And I, I'm not like I don't want to like unpack all of the Scott Frost era. But when we had all those one-score losses, it wasn't that it was a team that was unlucky. The string of one-score losses, I think, was reflective of an operation that was not crisp and that was not really good at the margins. And that when you just even tighten things up at the margins, that's how you're able to go out and be competitive, even when you don't have better players. And I think that Matt Rule has at least brought some stability uh, into that position uh, in a way that hasn't been there in a while. And clearly, Nebraska's got the resources for them to make some noise. Now it's going to be the more difficult jumps, right? You know, is it lose big, lose small, win small, win big? Jumping from one to the next is difficult, but at least he's created some stability. Chip Patterson, make sure you check him out. CBS also the Cover 3 podcast. Chip, love the energy, love the insight. Thank you. Sounds good. Y'all be well. There you go. Chip Patterson joining us right there on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Matt Rule will stop by at 5.20 p.m. Eastern, 2.20 p.m. Pacific. But first, we got to update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. We call that segment the News Brief. But let's get to Rich Ackerman, who's standing by with the latest CBS Sports Radio update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Daily News Brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. All righty, this is Zach Gelb's show on CBS Sports Radio. Let's start it off with John Morant back on a basketball court last night after his 25-game suspension. Had a monster effort, hit the game-winning bucket to take care of the Pelicans. And when running off the court into the locker room, he was talking about how he kept receipts. So an odd thing to say, because you got suspended because you were on social media flashing a gun multiple times, and most people just said, wow, we want Ja to not go down that road, and we don't want him to do something stupid because he's lucky he didn't hurt himself or hurt somebody else when you're playing around with the gun and you're trying to be someone that you're not. And we want to just see you focus on basketball and not have these issues off the court. Because when on the basketball court, you're one of the more entertaining players in the league. So I don't get who the receipts are coming from and what he's talking about. But he was asked to clarify on the booze and the receipts after the game. It's a lot of people that don't like me. So see what I got them. But it was just, I feel like the surprising part was, you know, I got called in the starting lineup. It was loud cheers. And then when the game started, it went to booze. Um, I don't know the reason. I don't know, you know what I did to the Pelicans or their fans. But, hey, they got to root for their team. So it's all good. Job running off the floor. Uh, someone caught you on camera saying, I keep receipts. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? And secondly, what was your I meeting? feel like it's self-explanatory. Yeah. I remember everything that was said. Yeah, you lost me, Ja. So you were annoyed during the game when you're in the visiting, you're a visiting team and you're in the opposition's building that they're booing you. What do you think? They're going to cheer you? You're a member on the visiting team. So that's usually how it works. And then he's, remember what people said? What did people say? You were trying to act like someone that you're not. And then to say, oh, yeah, I'm keeping receipts. And I remember what everyone said. Oh, hey, everyone finds stupid things to motivate them. But I'm, maybe I'm far off on this one, Samter. It, it feels like most people with John Morant, their take when this stuff was happening was, I hope he doesn't do something that harms himself or somebody else. And I hope he stops acting this way because it's going to prevent him from getting on the basketball court. And when he's on the basketball court, the dude's awesome. 
Yeah, and I'm sure there were a lot of people who were saying that, but I'm sure there were also people who were saying this guy doesn't belong in the league or this guy, you know, should be suspended for a full year or he's a clown or he's okay. this or he's that. So I'm sure there were people who... No, he were, was acting like a clown. And, and listen, maybe some people who didn't fully understand where he was coming from, but at the end of the day, he was ma- he's an adult making bad decisions. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people did say a lot of negative things. What bothers me is that you took this time away yeah, to, because of your, of your attitude and your off... To learn and get better. To get better and to get some humility and to understand what you did was wrong. And his first game back, he's taking receipts yeah. and calling out the fans. and Like, dude, what did you learn? It, it, it worries me that he learned nothing. It worries me that he took oh, this I, I time away. I don't think away. he learned a damn thing. Yeah, it worries me that he took this time away. He's going to wait like a year, year and a half, and then he's going to come around and do the same well, junk again. Well, look at what happened the first time he, he did the thing in the, in the strip club that went viral with him showing the gun. They basically told him stop doing that, and it was what a, a few months later, if that, where he was on Instagram Live and his friend was on Instagram Live, and he's twirling the gun, toy gun or not, in his car. He, guy learned nothing. It, 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 honestly, at least wait till like game nine or ten before you start bringing up receipts. Not the first game back. Make the story about yourself and what you've learned, and now how you're back to playing good basketball. You don't have to knock off any rust. Don't let this become the story. Forget about game nine or ten. How about year two or three? Yeah. How about you show some real growth, win some games in the playoffs, become a better man and a human being, and then you can start talking about the receipts that you're taking. So the only thing that I think he may have a point on is their record was really good the last two years without him. And then this year, they have bottomed out without him. I know they've had a lot of injuries, so maybe that was the part that he was talking about. And I don't know how you should verbalize that because then you're taking a shot at your other teammates who probably already have had to answer enough questions about you. So I would imagine that's probably the one thing that really got him going. Here's Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, on will they keep Arthur Smith, this courtesy of the Georgia Public Broadcasting. We're committed to Coach Smith. We're uh, going to play these last three games. We play him to win them, and uh, we'll let the season play out and go from there. Obviously, this has not been the kind of year we expected, and I, you would hear that first, first from Coach Smith. So we understand that. We understand the challenges. So at the end of the year, we'll you know assess where we are and go from there. Does he have to get to the playoffs to come back? No, I don't. I mean, I, I uh, that was never really a requirement. The requirement was that we have a a more competitive team this year, a winning team this year. And I think that, you know, through this part of the season, it's been mixed. That doesn't sound like a owner who's bringing back his coach. And Arthur Blank is usually a very patient man. And I didn't think Arthur Smith was actually, I thought he should get fired. I didn't think he was going to get fired. You go one and two in these final three games, your ass is gone. That's the way that I interpret that. Here is Mike McDaniel on the message to the media about the end of the season. Any other narrative um, that has to do with good teams or playoff seeds or the next three games, all that stuff, I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to, with all due respect, F off. With all due respect. Um, Because all we're focused on is the Dallas Cowboys. The reason why I'm laughing. F off. I, there's sometimes I see headlines and I go, I don't want to hear the sound until we get on the air. And that was one of the headlines that I saw was Mike McDaniel allows players to tell the media to F off. And I'm thinking to myself, what could this be about? And the fact that it was about playoff scenarios, I find to be hilarious. I thought it was going to be about like people questioning to his health or, you know, something else. But playoff scenarios, I love that. And that's what's going to happen. Buffalo's going to win their next two games and put the Chargers in the Pats. 
the Dolphins will most likely split these next two games with the Cowboys and the Ravens. And then that final game of the season is going to come down to who wins the AFC East. But don't ask any player on the Dolphins what they think about scenarios because they'll tell you to F off. I actually do respect F off. I know Alec Ingold. I want to get Alec Ingold on the show this week and just see if he'll tell me to F off on the air <laughs> because I'll ask him about the playoff scenarios. Here is Christian McCaffrey on who his vote for MVP would go to this courtesy of the Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray and Tom Brady. If I had my vote, it'd be Brock as the MVP and Trent would be the second in line. I do get a vote this year, just so you know. Do you? Vote for Brock, man. That guy deserves it, man. I know, obviously, you respect that. He, he's been unbelievable for this team. And I hate when I hear people talk, say anything negative. Oh, he's just a system quarterback. System, everyone's a system quarterback. That's part of what being a quarterback is, in my eyes. I mean, when you play within a system, that's that's about all you can ask for. And then occasionally you make the plays outside of the X's and O's, and that's all he's done all year. So if I got this right, Christian McCaffrey's voting for Brock, or would want to vote for Brock. Brock would want the award to go to Christian McCaffrey. And then George Kittle the other day, he said run CMC. So that's where we're going to right now. Is this creating a problem in the 49ers locker room? 855-212-4CBS. Now I sound like Skip Bayless for a second. That will be a segment on Undisputed tomorrow <laughs> where it's like, oh, that's McCaffrey saying a, a nice thing that Brock should win the MVP and they'll try to spin it some way to make it as if they're going to be fighting one another when it's just meant to be a nice thing. All righty, that's a news brief. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. First two hours have quickly flown by today. Uh, when we come on back, is Devontae Adams going to force a trade this offseason? Also, I want to get into uh, some more audio as well from some things that we didn't get into with the news brief, but I really want to touch on this Devontae Adams topic because Aaron Rodgers is, I guess, back with the Jets. So Robert Sala today said that he's going to stay on the active roster so he could practice, but he isn't going to play this year. So now the Jets are already eliminated are into the next season kind of mode. And there's a lot of rumors about maybe some former Packers joining uh, Aaron Rodgers in New York, one being Devontae Adams and one actually being a current Green Bay Packer who's hurt this year in David Bakhtiari. So will the Raiders let Devontae Adams get away this offseason and trade him? I have one thing the Raiders need to do to ensure that Devontae Adams is going to stay with the team this offseason and not request a trade. I'll tell you about that on the other side. Matt Rule still to come. In about 25 minutes from now, Dylan Raiola going to Nebraska. We'll hook up with the Nebraska head coach. And also, we got to get to Take 5 Wednesday. So a busy hour number three. We get it all rolling in five minutes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 